and welcome. You're listening to the Sapien Health Podcast by SHP. I'm your host, Ian Hart, and I'm the editor of SHP. In the final of this three-part mini-series, we speak to the final two of our SHP award winners. We hear from SHE manager at Kia Highways, Dave McPherson, and health and safety officer at Great British Communications, Jessica Collins, about the work they do and how they got into health and safety, plus their thoughts on the future of the role. First up, SHP's assistant editor, Chrissy Jocelyn, spoke to she manager at Kia Highways, Dave McPherson. Dave was named as the winner of the SHP Award for Trailblazer in Health and Safety for his passion, vision for improvement and commitment to influencing change. In the chat you are about to hear, Dave talks about his slightly unorthodox journey into health and safety and the importance of building a rapport and establishing good relationships with the people around you. Let's join the interview with Dave explaining about how he got into the world of health and safety. I decided when I was about 35, actually it was a bit earlier than that, I needed to get into what I referred to as a serious job. And I looked into engineering. I've got quite a few engineers in my family and I thought that might be something quite interesting. And then I literally fell into safety by accident. I couldn't get into engineering because I needed to have a degree in engineering to get a basic entry level job. And in order to get a degree with the Open University, I needed to have a job in engineering. So it was a bit chicken and egg and I was stuck. So I decided to just get on a site. I started off as a site cleaning labourer on a large power station build. And it was just fascinating. I was absolutely overwhelmed by the amount of experience that people had. And I found everything that everyone was doing really interesting. Just through asking questions, it became apparent that there was an opportunity for some roles in safety, in health and safety. And it seemed like a perfect match for me. So it it really was an accident. I didn't intend to get into health and safety. What were you doing before that? Were you just kind of flitting between different things? Personal trainer and sports instructor. Yeah. Oh, very Um, different. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, quite, quite significantly different. And as a personal trainer, I guess over the years, I've worked with all sorts of different people from all kinds of different backgrounds. And the one niche, I guess, that I've put into health and safety is that people skills is kind of my thing. So just getting on with people and and, and reasoning with people and finding out what, what's going on is, I think, a forte. Whereas had I have come from a sort of more traditional by the books background, I, d- I don't think I would approach things in the same way that I do. Mm. I think that's so important as well, because obviously you've kind of seen it right from the bottom. Whereas if you'd had gone to university, you kind of done that traditional path, you wouldn't have seen what you've seen. So you wouldn't have that experience that you have. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, it's something that I always come back to. So my first job in construction, I was looking after a small team of industrial cleaners on on an enormous project. And the ground conditions were often very poor. There was a lot of mud and residue. And sometimes you'd have to be digging around in the ground and picking up bits of metal in the freezing cold and howling wind and pouring rain. And so I really do understand what it means to be working in construction and all weathers at the very bottom end of the ladder. And so I think that helps me to identify more with the people that we are responsible for looking after and ensuring that actually we put them first, genuinely consider 
the welfare and health and safety of the people that are working for our companies. And I think it's probably that that makes it very easy to build rapport with people and get to the actual root of any challenges that might exist. And something that I've been asking everyone, just because I'm quite interested to know, has your role changed since the pandemic started? Has it been hard for you to adapt? How has your company kind of dealt with it? This is an interesting question, actually. And I think it it can be summarised quite quickly in that it's actually, I think, in a large number of cases, it's made health and safety an easier role to perform than it was beforehand. At first, the entire industry started leaning very heavily on health and safety to kind of guide them through the process. And the companies that I've worked for over the years all continued to work through the pandemic. So there was no pause for us continuing to provide vital services. And so clearly there was a lot of work that needed to be done. And although that was immensely challenging, as I'm sure it was for everybody, What it did was it enabled better relationships to be instilled between operational management and health and safety, that there was a barrier that I think that process removed. And I'm not saying that health and safety has ever been regarded really as the enemy, but there's always been a degree of separation. Yeah, definitely. So having a little bit more cooperation on a daily basis instilled by the need to work around COVID, we ended up in a far more fluid and adaptable relationship with the operational teams in our charge. It's actually been quite good yet. It's helped us in the sense, not COVID, obviously COVID's tragic and a lot of people have suffered horrendously as a result of it. But at least one of the positive adaptions that have been made as a result is that it has, I believe, brought health and safety more to the forefront of people's mind within the workplace, especially construction. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that's kind of been the consensus from everyone I've spoken to, really. And the other thing is it's allowed us to become more flexible and adaptable in the way in which we discharge those duties. Inductions have become far more targeted and specific around the individual's tasks and work environment rather than the the old sort of blanket approaches that used to be very commonplace. The ability to connect with people through teams all over the world and have that to be the norm means that advice and support is far more accessible, I think, than it used to be historically. And it also enables people with managerial responsibility to be able to facilitate works on multiple sites at the same time, whereas historically driving between sites would be a lot more challenging. And of course, there's this hybrid working, which I, you know, for one, I'm a fan of. I think it's given us an opportunity to maximise efficiency. You've mentioned a few things already, but what are some of your like favourite things about your role? What do you kind of get up to on a daily basis? Like if I asked you what your week might look like, is it always changing? Is there some kind of routine there? It's a bit of both, actually. So there are sometimes routines, but generally it's the variety that actually is probably my favourite part of the role. Specifically people. So dealing with an enormous variety of people in different roles and situations conducting different tasks and activities. I genuinely cannot remember the last time that I was bored. It was was many years ago, that's for sure. There's a wealth of experience in the construction industry, so I'm still a massive kid at heart. So, And I think that's one of the things that helps me to develop rapport with the teams that I work with because I'm genuinely deeply interested in the things that they're doing. 
I'm like that little kid on a construction site <laughs> being wowed by all these big machines and equipment. So for me, it's still very fascinating and exciting. And there's lots of very cool stuff happening. And the, the experience, the skill and the workmanship and the quality of the end result that's being produced out there is just absolutely phenomenal. And it's a privilege to be able to hear the stories that people have gone through over those years to get that experience and to be part of that. And then at the end result, to actually step back and think that, you know, know that you've helped contribute towards building these fantastic bits of infrastructure or buildings or whatever it is. Obviously, it was back in December now that you were announced as being one of our award winners. How did you feel about that? Were you surprised? I was actually, yeah, I was quite surprised. I think initially when I had found out that the nomination had gone through, I was quite confident. And then I saw the lineup of the other nominees and there's some real powerhouses in that lineup. There's some absolutely fantastic stuff coming out in the world of health and safety at the moment. So even to be shortlisted amongst such was a bit of a privilege to actually win it it was fantastic but yeah speechless which isn't often for me but I was genuinely speechless <laughs> you've been working your way up in health and safety for a while now have you got any specific future goals that you'd like to achieve yeah, absolutely. So the future is very, very exciting at the moment. I'm very privileged to be working with a fantastic team of individuals to tackle one of the UK's greatest challenges around construction, health and safety. And we're really looking forward to producing some great results this year. So there's some great things that have happened off the back of it already, and it's already having a, a big impact with the teams that are involved in the pilot stages of the programmes. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing where this is going to go. And again, to be part of such a project is a real privilege and the, the wealth of knowledge of all of the people that I'm working with. So I'm genuinely, I'm really excited to be doing what I'm doing right now. And if I can just continue doing that, then that'll be a very good place to be. And I mean, I guess you've got kind of a different perspective on this, obviously from coming into health and safety from a bit of a different route, but what would you say to anyone considering a career in, in health and safety? Have you got any tips? Have you got any advice that you'd give them? Yeah, absolutely. I think the most important thing for a health and safety professional is to remember that we're all humans and we all have our good days and bad days. And on that basis, the most important thing that you could possibly do in my book is to establish good relationships with people to treat everybody with respect and come at things with a genuine curiosity and interest in what they're doing to seek collaboration and co-working rather than judgment or policing. This job is supposed to be about supporting the fantastic men and women who are out there doing some amazing things and we're there to help them out and we can do that best if we've got great relationships with people. I found it interesting how Dave has leaned on the skills he picked up as a personal trainer and has used them to help build and develop relationships later in his career. You can read more about Dave's success and the reasons he stood out to the judges by clicking on the link in the episode description. In this next part of the show, I spoke to Health and Safety Officer at Great British Communications, Jessica Collins, who was named SHP's Rising Star in Construction. Jessica was described by one judge as the epitome of a shining example of a rising star in the profession. 
Another said that Jessica's submission showed dedication to self-development, learning, attitudes, breaking down barriers and challenging stereotypes. During the conversation, we talked about some of the initiatives that Jessica has helped develop and implement and the importance of mentoring. Let's join the chat with Jessica talking more about the challenges of starting a new role in the midst of a pandemic. So I started last February and there was a lot of people like working from home and stuff like that. So the office was like really quiet. It didn't really start coming back until like the summer. So when everyone came back, it was like there was just so many new people that were in there. And then all these old members of staff came back and then like they were like the new people. It was really strange. But from what I believe before that, they still had like engineers out on site and stuff like that. So it's just really like the office space that changed. I guess being involved in sort of infrastructure and a lot of your clients, there would have been no kind of lockdown for them per se. They would have been working as key workers throughout. So did you have a lot of challenges around that and in terms of the clients that you were dealing with and and the challenges they were having on their own sites? Didn't really have an impact on me from what I gather from before. They just weren't doing as many sites. They obviously couldn't have as many people on the sites. But yeah, they tried to carry on like as normal as possible. And like I say, they were all classed as key workers throughout the whole thing. So it was a bit slow at times, I think. But yeah, they've definitely picked back up now. Can you talk to me about some of the initiatives that you've implemented during your time in the business and, and how have people within the business been in terms of being receptive to those ideas as someone new coming in and, and suggesting yeah. kind of changes? Everyone at the company really, they encourage you to bring in your own ideas. They'll always listen to any ideas that you've got. So one of the things we brought in was qualified persons list. So that's kind of like a quick introduction to GBC, the company, and then a quick test about what we expect on site, about health and safety and stuff like that. And that's for like all the subcontractors that go to our sites. So we implemented that and now any subcontractor that works for us cannot be on site without completing this qualified persons list. So it's a really positive thing. Um, obviously, we had to get like all the project teams and stuff like that on board as well. So it's growing now. And how did you go about getting them on board? Was it just about communicating the benefits correctly? Because I think one of the biggest challenges is in health and safety is around communication and making sure that you're yeah. you're explaining why something's being done so that people aren't instantly kind of put off with change. So I went to Michael with the idea, and then obviously we took it to the directors, and they they thought it was a it was a good thing to do. So when a company gets onboarded, that's separate; it's nothing to do with me. I have to work well with the supply chain manager. We ensure that no one's slipping the net, really. It's your work over the last 12 months in particular that saw you nominated and, and subsequently named the winner of SHP's Rising Star in Construction yeah. for 2021. How did you feel when you heard you'd been nominated and, and then when you were told that you'd won the award? So when I was nominated, Mick showed me what he sent into you and I was, I'd laughed at it. I thought, oh, no, I'm not going to get anything for it. And then when I found out I was shortlisted, I was like, oh, still eight people. Like, I've got no chance. And when I actually won, it was the day before I was going to Paris. So I was at home getting ready and stuff like that. And Mick phoned me. He was like, congratulations. I was like, what are you talking about? He said, you've won. I was like, I I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't believe it. Huge congratulations. It's it's really well deserved. And I know from kind of sitting in all the meetings, the judges are really, really impressed with you as as a candidate. And one of the things they particularly highlighted, and we've touched on it already, was your kind of quick progression through your role. And you had a couple of promotions. How have you achieved that and what kind of challenges have you faced along the way, particularly being you know, a young person going into quite a big business? Yeah. Obviously, when I started, I went in as a, as a coordinator and it was a small team. It was me, Mick and another health and safety officer. I knew the company was growing as well. So I was in that role for a few months and the type of person that picks things up like really quickly. So I think everyone was a bit surprised at like how well I picked it up because it's quite like a niche industry. It's quite difficult sometimes to get your head around things. But like I say, I picked it up so quickly. I think the hardest, the main challenge for me was 
being with like the clients and stuff like that because we worked for different ones and I was across like all of them having to use like different portals and stuff like that and that was probably one of the main challenges but then when the officers role came about I just went for it I actually like presentation for like the directors and stuff like that and that was like the main thing for me trying to get through that because I'm awful at presenting. <laughs> I guess you can only talk from within your company but have they been more yeah. receptive to health and safety over the last two years now because health and safety has been so important in kind of keeping a business running I almost feel like health and safety has become a lot more aware of how important health yeah. and safety is and therefore you know is that make it easy for you to then do these presentations and get your ideas across? Yeah definitely like I say I can't speak for any other companies and what they did before I was there but safety is like our number one get that across to everyone in the company drill it into the minds of like the coordinators down to like the engineers and stuff like that so we have got like a really good safety culture so like I say any ideas that we have then the directors are always open to listening to them. Great to hear and it was another thing that was picked out by the judges when they were looking through your submission that was your mentoring three health and safety professionals can you talk a little bit about that and why you feel mentoring is so important? Like I said before the company's grown so much so now there's like four officers and we've got like a coordinator each so with the coordinators like obviously I want them to replicate what I've done in the future I want them to go on to be health and safety officers or above mentoring is really important especially with health and safety as well because we support like the project teams and stuff like that as well we're supporting people that maybe don't have knowledge of like health and safety so it's important for us to mentor other people as well so I suppose so I'm mentoring them and then like the teams as well just finally then, how do you think the recognition of winning this award could kind of help you in your career moving forward and, and what are your long-term ambitions, I guess? Obviously, I want to become a manager in like the next two years. Obviously, want to gain enough experience being an officer first and gain all the knowledge. But I think regardless of winning the award, even on like LinkedIn and stuff like that, I've had so much recognition, like so many like follow requests and stuff like that. So yeah, it's definitely put you above everyone else if I'm going for like future jobs and stuff like that. So yeah, really grateful to have won. Talking to Jessica really highlighted what the judges identified. She is someone who's made a huge impact in a short space of time and is a worthy winner of the award. To read more from Jessica and all of our other SHP award winners, click on the link in the episode description. I'd like to thank both Dave McPherson and Jessica Collins for their time in putting this episode together and to you for joining us. Entries and nominations for the 2022 SHP awards open later this year. Please keep a lookout on SHP for further details. If you're new to the Safety and Health podcast, please do go check out our previous episodes. Last time we heard from Cindy Bell and Sherry Bowen, two women at the start of their careers speaking about their journey into health and safety and the challenges they have faced along the way. You can find the link to the podcast hub where all of the episodes are hosted in the episode description. If you like what you hear, you can follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. We're also available on your smart speaker. Simply ask to play the Safety and Health podcast. We'd be really grateful if you could rate and comment on your chosen platform as that will help us to get the shows out to a wider audience. Please do stay tuned to shponline.co.uk for the very latest health and safety news where you can also sign up to our daily e-newsletter. Thank you very much for listening and see you on the next episode.